do a follow-up about the Black Pride, um, San Diego Black Pride event, uh, winging it, I didn't really determine exactly what I want to talk about, um, I can kind of maybe give the general explanation of the event, my opinions, opinions of people that I noticed around me, um, kind of stuff that happened afterwards, during, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time, um, so I previously recorded about, you know, my trip to Black Pride, um, just a quick, quick recap, um, I initially tried to go to Vegas Black Pride, and I think it was 2021 when I heard about my first Black Pride event, maybe it was 2020, it was sometime during the Rona, um, when things weren't, like, fully open like normal, and I heard about it late, it was either, like, I heard about it late, or even I heard about it on time, but for some reason, like, couldn't schedule to get there, like, either way, like, I would have needed to know more in advance, and then I kind of forgot about it, honestly, because so much was going on. And then um, this year came around and I had a couple friends uh, mentioning to me um, kind of what was going on. One was kind of uh, uh, someone I was kind of, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, I met them on a dating app. And we kind of had, like, a thing going on. Um, so I'll put it that way. I don't I don't know any better way to explain it. Um, it was nothing permanent. Pretty casual. Um, just kind of, like, seeing what, what would happen with it. But, you know, it wasn't going, like, in a very serious direction. But it wasn't going in a direction where it was like, eh, got to cut this off. Um, so we went... I went um, down to San Diego, um, and on the drive, well, I guess first I went during Easter weekend to Vegas, because I was trying to go to Vegas Black Pride, Uh, my friend told me about it while I was working, like on a Thursday or something, and I was like, I kind of feel like I need to get out of town, I can work from out of town. And I remembered going to Vegas where the flight wasn't expensive. And I was like, how much would it cost to fly there during Easter weekend? Like Friday night after work, fly out, be there in Vegas through like Tuesday or Wednesday or something past Easter. Um, And, you know, go to Black Pride on, I guess, the Saturday night event when my friend who lives there was available. So... I was interested to go, and I enjoyed going. I um, had my, um, I had a good experience. Uh, Jesus, are they doing like jumping jacks up there? 
there's people upstairs that are just like it's rattling around when they're walking anyways um yeah we didn't get to do the vegas black pride thing because you know it just once we found out what was going on i think plans had switched for events and once we found out what was going on um we couldn't really do we couldn't really go um because we weren't really comfortable with like just not really knowing exactly if it's like an official thing and we heard about where we were supposed to go from some random people on the street outside of the event that we were all trying to go to and they told us one of their friends was at some event at the house um, and sent them the address and we got the address from them so it was kind of like eh, we don't know these people I don't know if they're telling us the right thing like and it wasn't there wasn't any reason not to trust them but it was like do we really need to go through all that effort like we already went through all the effort to try to go to the thing and we were right in front of where we needed to be so we just decided against it and just hung out um but we were there for the week for that weekend for the event but we just didn't end up actually going um and then you know San Diego was easier to get to um cuz it's just you know I didn't really have to do too much um to get there and so I went you know on the way there I was recording kind of like the initial experiences of uh people telling me about the event what I noticed about the like kind of like not attitudes but kind of the different um kind of com- uh complex things coming up uh related to the event that was coming up uh, mostly it was a lot of cultural related um things where you know I know people of different races different ethnicities and I don't really know a lot of black people but I do know people who really are comfortable with black people respectful towards black people are familiar being around black people were raised around black people and then I know people who actually are black people um and then I know people who aren't black people um but they're not like I wouldn't say that anybody I associate with is is a racist person um I know one person in my life who is kind of like they just really have a hard time getting past stereotypes so they would say something like oh affirmative action isn't fair because it's a black person taking a job or a school position away from a qualified white person or they would say things like um um you know black people choose to be poor and living in you know you know crappy neighborhoods and you know creating crime and stuff like that like they would say stuff like this and i'm like this is a person who probably knows more black people than i do 
not counting like my family members, but they probably know like more black. They probably have more black friends, black coworkers, um, people like that in their lives um, that are black people that they see on a very regular basis, more so than I do. And they also associate with me and none of the people that they know kind of fit any of the stereotypes that they're saying. And so I know they don't like fully believe it, but they also can't see outside of what they're saying. Uh, They get like so emotionally attached to like the stereotypes, but it's not just about black people. It's about like all kinds of different political things, religious things. Like they're just very, very... um, uh, stuck on stereotypes. I, I don't think it's really racist. I think it's just because they've never, they've never done anything racist towards me or not wanting to hang out or like because of my race or treated me differently or badly or wrongfully because of my race. Um, like even when my grandmother passed away, they were like, oh, uh, if you don't have any money, I can, I can, spot you a few hundred dollars for like a plane ticket because it was like gonna be Thanksgiving weekend and like we were gonna have to buy tickets like two days before Thanksgiving or something all of a sudden like it wasn't like you know ideal like the tickets were like 800 bucks like things like that like where they were and this person's been in my life for like a couple mm, I don't know how old I was honestly probably since like 2005 or something so like a good like 15 years or so or more almost 20 years I've known this person um we talk on the phone regularly we don't see each other too much unless I go snowboarding um but you know they're a pretty loyal friend even though they tend to think kind of very interesting stereotypical things I don't really see them implementing anything based on the stuff that they say um so that's probably the one person I would say you know I just kind of tell them you know we're not talking about this stuff we're not talking about race or politics or any anything and you know things are fine when we're not talking about that so it's like kind of like I'm just like whatever you know um and then so yeah but most of the friends that I do socialize with are diverse backgrounds but most of them aren't black people um I'm not saying I don't associate with black people I'm just saying that I just know a lot of different types of people and I don't happen to know more black people than any other race of people um I know definitely more Asian people than any other group of people um and it's mostly because of where I was raised and a lot of different things um places where I've lived um and I would say You know, on the drive to the event, I was pretty interested in thinking about, you know, kind of the conversations I kind of saw around me about Black Pride and things like that. First off, the weirdest thing that I noticed was as much as I go 
to certain clubs, certain bars, and like LGBT areas, um, I didn't really see a lot of advertisements. The way that Black Pride got advertised to me, other than a couple friends telling me about it, uh, or one friend telling me about it when I was trying to, um, you know, encourage them to like maybe attend the Pride event or something. Um, one thing was, um, um, uh, like the Vegas Pride Insta Instagram channel, uh, page 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 i think is it called an instagram page <laughs> whatever it's not a channel um but yeah they're instagram and then um i started seeing some feed about like you know black pride in san diego and then like some of the people from vegas pride were hosting certain events there and stuff there are also people from la and everything um, so there were a lot of events going on. Um, it was like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. I only made it down for Saturday, even though I got tickets for all the events for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I got there eventually, probably almost two hours after it should have started, um, cause I was driving from LA and stuck you know, driving through traffic because of the fires in Carlsbad, and, um, got there, you know, met my friends, met this other lady and her friends, and we weren't really all hanging out together, I was kind of mostly, she was mostly hanging out with her friends, I was mostly, like, trying to talk to my friends, and, um, I went and was, like, hanging out with my people, and she was hanging out with her people, and so they were, like, outdoors in the courtyard area, um, where they usually have the day lounge, where they have, like, music or DJs or a bar, um, they had, like, a couple tables set up. I can't remember if it was Family Health Center or San Ysidro Health Center, one of the major um, health centers. Um, they had a couple other booths set up. They had some food there, so they had like a little, uh, they had the bar that's always outside there now, and then they had the smoking patio in the back. Next to the smoking patio, I think there was like a food truck back there. Um, and there was, um, a food, like a food vendor closer to the front, but still inside of the day lounge. Um, and people could just freely come and go. So in the daytime, in the afternoon, there were events. So the events were mostly like people, like there was like a drag show there were some musicians performing, rappers, um, you know, it wasn't just like DJs and dance, it was like, you're kind of watching the stages, or watching the performances on the floor, 
Um, and in the smaller front room, at a certain point, they had, like, so they had, like, male strippers on one stage at one point. I don't want to call them strippers. They were dancers. They were dancers. They weren't strippers. Um, and then on the, in the smaller room, they had, uh, women dancers. So they had mostly, um, femme women dancers with a pole that looked very unstable. Um, it was like a portable pole and, um, it had like a base to it and it was really like, it would move a little, bend a little, when people were going up it, and I was I was afraid for their safety, but they were brave. Um, and then there was, um, and they were like rolling around in money and stuff with like bikini, like less than bikinis. They were like kind of almost like string bikini type things. Um, and there was one kind of more stud looking dancer. Um, and I don't remember what they had on. Probably like boxer briefs, sports bra, like a harness that was like a like a rainbow uh, harness. Um, and in between the dancers, there were a couple like rap and kind of R and B hip hop performances. Um, and the DJs in that room and the bartenders in that room were kind of like you know, the, the DJs were like hyping up the, they were playing the music and hyping up the crowd a little bit and then kind of, uh, like, but it was like you were watching the performances and then, um, there were people at the bar that were like exchanging money so people could give like dollars and stuff, um, to the dancers. Um, and after a while, you know, uh, my (laughs) friend, left and then I was there with all my other friends um and then we stayed and I think we needed the bathroom or something but the bathrooms were getting a little torn up and we went to like down the street to like I don't know where we were um we were at Rich's at first this was all happening at Rich's and then we went down the street to like the McDonald's I guess and used the restroom and whatever and then we came back because we got tables outside uh, assigned to us, and, because they kicked us all out at, like, nine out of that day lounge area, um, but then there was a line at, for the door to come back in at nine, so we came back in, we got a table, and we just had the table for the whole night, and we stayed the whole night, um, I think they were gonna close at 4 a.m., but we stayed out till maybe, like, midnight or 12.30 or something, and we were just talking, catching up, and we met some people, you know, um, they came and talked to us, and I was with my friend and her boyfriend um, most of the time, and there were uh, was another uh, friend of a friend with their partner um, that I see, like, every pride, every birthday, every, you know, I, they're, like, friends of friends, so I see them around, like, all the time, but I don't have, like, their number or anything. And then I had a friend who was, um, 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 uh, I had a friend who was 
uh, that was contacting me around like 10, 1030. Um, and he and his, uh, friend or partner, I don't, I don't know what they label one another, honestly. Um, but he and his friend, they both came and met us at the lounge and we were kind of there. Um, and the, you know, I went inside, you know, a couple times and, uh, I really was into the music. It was like the main floor was like so hyped up. Um, and I think that night the main floor had the hip hop music. And then I can't remember if they still had the, um, you know, EDM in the small, but in the small room, I can't remember that. Um, if that was the setup, because I didn't really go into the small room after, um, after nine, so I don't really know what was going on in there, but I think they did do that, um, so, okay, good event, it was fun, DJs were great, you know, we got a venue for once, once a year, one, one day a year for that venue, um, there are a couple other venues supporting and stuff too, but not all the venues had something going on, right? So that, so okay. Think, okay. Think about, if you think about, you know, the neighborhoods during Pride, right? During like the average city Pride, right? Uh, San Diego, LA, WeHo, um, you know, San Francisco, like Vegas, like usually prides have a lot of things in common. There's usually a parade. There's usually a, um, a lot of the, um, bars and clubs in the neighborhood areas specifically will already have events that they're hosting that they've been promoting at least for a little while, if not for like almost like half a half, like quite a few months. Um, uh, if you subs, there's there's things that you can subscribe to, that that you're getting emails and Instagram messages and all this feed to like your social media before the events are coming up and you start learning about different tickets, different musicians coming in, all these different things, right? And you see that, right? And there's um, usually a lot of, uh, I don't want to call them all vendors. There's vendors, there's usually, you know, like resources. Um, There's usually food, there's usually parties, um, there's usually brunches, there's usually like a little kid, a little kid event of a sort, usually, right? Um... And usually it's like a family-friendly environment with like booths and stuff that you can walk around at at the festival. Um, there's usually going to be live performances at the festival. Um, and there's usually stuff going on around the city at the same time on different days and everything. Um, so for Black Pride, that wasn't really how it went. I mean, it was a three-day thing. It was during June, during Pride Month, which was cool. It was, um, it was, um, you know, there wasn't a parade. 
there wasn't a like there were a lot quite a lot of smaller events um not all of the um restaurants and bars and clubs and stuff had specific events for black pride um and um yeah, I mean, I had some questions come up for just not not just for me, but just in general, just some questions were coming to mind. And I was thinking, okay. Um what is it supposed to look like, right? Uh what would an event like this ideally look like? Like ideally it would be, you know, a safe space for, you know, black people, obviously, for black LGBT people. It would usually have, like, some culturally, some LGBT culture, some black LGBT culture-related things, right? Um... So was there that? I think there was, you know. There were some kind of cultural foods, a little bit. It wasn't like a whole, like, spread. But like I said, they did have food available. And mind you, this is a bar and club. This isn't, like, a restaurant. So just the fact that they had food, and people were saying the food was on point. I mean, later in the evening, they had the usual um, Lestat's um, kind of menu, cafe menu stuff that you could order, too at the tables um you could buy drinks you could buy drinks at the tables you could buy drinks at the outside bar at either of the inside bars in the bigger or the small room um there were culturally um you know they had drag i mean that definitely comes from you know lgbt black culture um they had a lot of like um music um that was lgbt produced and some entertainer type people um whether it was dancers or singers or rappers or um dj's you know um there were a lot of black people um you know hosting the different events and emceeing and things like that. Um, how does that compare to how Pride usually is when it's not specifically Black Pride, when it's the city's usual Pride, the annual Pride? Um, the way I would say it compares is that um, it was lower, it not it was smaller scale. It was lower advertisement, or less less advertised for sure. Um, the event itself seemed to be trying to make an event for black people to come to. The events for Pride for the city tend to be more commercial. People are just kind of capitalizing off of, you know, the gay people wanting to party. And so they make the funnest parties for like the whole year. Um, And they, you know, promote them because 
you know, they can charge more for liquor, they can charge more for beer, they can charge more for food, they charge for tickets for the door, um, they charge for parking more, they charge for everything. It's almost like as if it was like a holiday, like a, um, like Valentine's Day or whatever, like as if it was like a holiday where people are spending more or like a concert or a festival where it's like people are spending more money. Um, now there was no Black Pride Festival, um, it was kind of more an intimate area of like smaller venues. Um, I thought that was cool um, because the venues weren't, um, I thought it was cool because the venues weren't, um, like it didn't mean that like, I feel like sometimes when you have events outside, it's like, um, it's hard to get people to kind of pay attention to the entertainers. I feel like it would have been kind of a hard place to have like, you know, dancers on the stage and stuff like that, like outside and stuff like it it just wasn't really the environment. The club was like the best environment for it. Um, And, you know, kind of some big questions that come to mind are, you know, not only about like how do non-black people feel about coming into black spaces. I mean, what I notice is that there aren't a lot of black spaces that exist. So non-black people tend to not have experience entering black spaces because there aren't that many. Um, Let alone black LGBT spaces, there really aren't really that many at all. Um, So there's not really a familiarity with people who aren't black, first of all, being in maybe predominantly black churches or predominantly black classrooms or predominantly black work sites or predominantly black anything just about. Like, that's not a common experience. There are people who have those experiences, but they tend to be more rare experiences. It's not necessarily the norm. Because, you know, black people aren't the majority culture. And, you know, the the industries for things. Um, I mean, it's such, a, it's such a complex thing. It's hard to even, like, find, like, an origin of things. Um, but there's just so many cycles in place from where the majority of black people live, where they would go to schools, where they would be working in those neighborhoods where people live, um, where you'd have more of a black population working in those neighborhoods too. Um, There aren't really a lot of, those aren't big areas, first of all. And second of all, most of the times other people don't really try to move in like they're not like rushing and like ideally wanting to live in a lot of the predominantly black areas because the quality of living there isn't usually ideal 
you know, for a lot of people, like, it doesn't, like, appeal to them. You know, things that I notice, um, a lot of black neighborhoods and areas and cities um, don't usually have a lot of major businesses. Um, So the value of the area isn't really, um, it's not placed at a high monetary value necessarily or a high social value because of a lot of things. Um, There's not really a lot of like a good job market in those regions necessarily. Um, There are like the name brand places like fast food places. There are a lot of liquor stores. There are a lot of the classic stores you would see like the like the pharmacy stores, the grocery stores, the um the all kinds of stores. But they don't get as much funding. Um the cities don't get as much funding. The schools don't get as much funding in those neighborhoods. The quality of the education it isn't always worse. But a lot of times there are cities where it would be worse, depending where you live. Um, There are um, just less opportunities in general, right? And so why would someone want to move into an area where, you know, you get your high school diploma And then are you ready for college? You know, if you went to a typical public high school in some areas and then you went to college, you might not place into college level courses versus if you went to some other public schools in other areas that weren't black areas, depending on the area, usually if it's a white or an Asian area, um, you know, um, you would likely have nicer neighborhoods and nicer schools and more opportunities from the money flowing into those areas of the city. They're funded differently. Um, they're looked at differently. They're treated differently. The money from the government flows to them differently. Uh, the problems that are placed into them are different, right? Um, you know, there are things that you find in some neighborhoods that you would never find in other neighborhoods because people don't want it there. You know, they push back and they say, no, we're not going to build our cities looking like this. We're not going to make them like this. And then other cities, it's considered okay for people to live and with certain stuff going on, um, the police treat different areas differently. They help different areas differently. Um, you know, the same for like every other, you know, government funded thing. It's all completely different. Like it's already not dispersed equally. Right. And that's not even to account for, you know, all the other like mental, physical health um, all the things going on with the actual people in the different cities, right? We're just only talking about just how the cities themselves are structured, right? 
So usually if you think about areas, not every black area is an inner city area, but, you know, it's not uncommon. I'll put it that way. Um, And there are divides. And if you look into how different cities were built, how they were divided up, how what um, land is seen as more important than other land um, areas, you know, like um, the quality of how, like the, of the houses, like um, the, the property value worth based on the different types of minorities that live in certain neighborhoods, you know that that's the thing, that certain neighborhoods are, you know, concerned about property values changing because of their, um, you know, which types of people are moving into those neighborhoods. And then depending on how those neighborhoods develop over time, depending who's moving in or who's moving out, once all the white people move out, right, those areas aren't considered of high value. They're not given the same opportunities that they would have been given if they had a different majority population. And so also, that's also so dividing because the areas don't really have a place that you would hang out in, right? Like, you wouldn't really go to certain regions because there's nothing there. I mean, if you think about it, if there's no mall, if there's not, like, a beach, if there's not, you know, certain restaurants that would draw you there, if there's not certain venues that would draw you to a certain neighborhood that are hosting certain events and everything. If this kind of stuff isn't going on, um, if that's not the situation at these, you know, at these, um, you know, black owned or other types of businesses, like, what do you think would make white people want to go there? Because the reputation is already being told to people who aren't familiar with those areas that they're not going to get accepted because they're going to be discriminated against because black people, you know, don't get comfortable with, you know, white people being in their neighborhoods or in their stores or in their churches or in their anything. Like, that's kind of the message that people get who aren't black is that you're not welcome here because black people have been oppressed by your people. So now we're not going to welcome you in our spaces or it might be potentially dangerous for you um, to come here. Um, That's one message that people get. So that's not going to draw them to a place. Another thing that's not going to draw people to a place is, you know, like I said, if there's no reason to be there, if there's no events, like, think about it. The neighborhoods, you know, think about Hillcrest, think about WeHo. The black people, the the LGBT people will come to those places because the events are being promoted to them. You know, it's a whole area where there's gay bars, gay establishments, right? And, 
you know, they cater, even if they're not gay people running it, they cater towards, you know, people's interests, you know, even if it's not events, even if it's just like a place that is a a Thai restaurant and maybe no one even working there is LGBT, who knows, like, I don't really know, but maybe they're not, but maybe they just don't discriminate and they make it known and they fly a rainbow flag in their in their establishment and they're in the gayborhood with everybody else and they cater to a lot of the gay population and of course gay people are going to go there right it doesn't matter you know regardless of the ethnicity you know people are going to go in now if you shift that and think about black neighborhoods are they usually having establishments where they're promoting for black people to come to the events. Some cities, yes. Most of a lot of the cities that I know of, I would say no. They're not specifically trying to draw black people in to those parts of the cities to have them coming in and, you know, coming to different events that are being hosted. I'm not saying that there aren't events, but they're not like necessarily catering towards that cultural group. Like the LGBT neighborhoods would be catering towards that specific group at a lot of the establishments. It's not the same already, right? Um, and I'm not even talking about white neighborhoods. I'm just saying, like, to get people to come to a certain neighborhood, there has to be something for them to come to do there um, if they're not from there, if they don't live there. Or even if they do live there, what's going to keep them staying around on the weekends and stuff? If there's nothing to do there, um, if there's not safety there, if there's not, like, something. Like, there has to be something, right? And then the generations of people being born in certain neighborhoods. Some people don't want their kids to be born in the neighborhoods, Um, And so they're trying their hardest to raise a generation that can get out. And so if they do get out as parents or if that next generation of their kids decides to move out of a black neighborhood, um, if they did have the, um, you know, uh, if the kid did have kind of like a strong ability to be able to, you know, create a business or something like that, um, they're going to take their talents and efforts elsewhere because, you know, the opportunities in their neighborhood weren't worth it for them to want to stay or their parents convinced them and urged them to leave, right? So... that These are things that I think... Uh, why a lot of people who aren't black aren't familiar with, you know, black culture. Because um, if you think about it with LGBT culture, if you really want to go to a gay club, you can go to a gay club. If you really want to go to a gay bar, you can go to a gay bar. Like, if your city has them, they're there. Um, you can You can go in. And, you know, if you're... You know, if you wanted to go to, like, a black-owned comedy, you know, stand-up comedy venue, uh, if you wanted to go to a black-owned business, um, 
you know, I mean, if you think about like just from the from a business model of things, I don't really think black cities, black neighborhoods are really um, focused on trying to create a way of drawing in black people to those cities. Because I think if they did have that, the black people would, you know, have friends that aren't black too coming in. And then they would also, you know, other people would just find their way in because they would know events were coming on. Um, kind of like in like the LGBT neighborhoods, like they people know that there's a pride parade, you know, even if they're not gay, you know, they'll know there's a pride parade. And so, you know, people who aren't even gay will come to the parades, right? Um, if there's a Martin Luther King parade, uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. Um, parade or like a Juneteenth parade or something like that, do people even know that it's coming? Do people even know that it exists? Like, I would almost bet you that pride is promoted more than like a Juneteenth street fair right um and it's kind of interesting now i you know i it maybe it's not fair cuz a lot of the juneteenth related events are um newly being uh developed within like last year and this year um it's not like the cities and like everyone was like it wasn't like federally being recognized until um I think this year or last year, last year they officially federally recognized Juneteenth in 2021 and then 2022, a lot of places um, that didn't do anything in 2021 were trying to make something happen. Um, Again, a lot of white people didn't tend to go to a lot of those events. Um, But... um, this year, I'd say I saw more white people at events than last year. Um, at black at the black events I've been to, um, and so that's just why that's just something that I was thinking on that I was like, you know, what's the difference? You know, why would my why would my why would my you know why would my non-black friends not want to go to a black event, you know? Because I think, like, say, for example, if my family, who has a lot of Africans and black Americans and African Americans, if my family moved, I mean, if my family made a an African wedding, and I wanted to invite my friends, if it was okay at this wedding, to invite my friends to the service and the reception. Um, they might actually come to that. Um, I. It's kind of hard to tell what's the difference, you know? A personal inv- invitation versus a city invitation. Um, and in a lot of ways too, it honestly is hard to not, to not be, 
I don't want to call it hurt. It's not necessarily hurt, but more like confused by the by the situation. It's like if I have white friends that would go to the city's pride, why wouldn't they go to black pride? And they say that, you know, mostly what I heard was that people weren't comfortable because they didn't know if it was okay to be in a black space, you know. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, these aren't black-owned businesses, and it's not happening in the black neighborhood. This is happening in the LGBT neighborhood where you go all the time anyways to the same places where they're having these events. Um, so it's just kind of a confusing thing because it's like, okay, like it's hosted at a place where you know people that even work there. Um, but I don't really know, you know, I'm kind of like, it's stuff that I've never really had to think about too much because it wasn't something I was involved with. But it is pretty complex. And another hard thing about it is that it's not really something you can just bring up with people, even if they are your friends. Some friends just don't really, you know, easily talk about certain stuff. Um, Or, you know, maybe it's kind of like it might be awkward to kind of bring it up. Um... I mean, I had people that I knew that admitted that weren't black that admitted that they that they felt uncomfortable when they first came in. Um, But then they felt really comfortable, you know. Um, After the fact, they were comfortable. So. I don't know. Um, that was another different perspective that I heard was, you know, and I didn't see anybody harassing anybody. I mean, I wasn't there all day, but like, and at all the events, but I didn't hear of any, anybody doing anything, um, terrible or prejudice or anything like that. Um, if anything, I mean, all I remember myself thinking was, like, when I was seeing people there that weren't black was, like, first of all, I was, like, wondering what their mindset was that made them actually get through the door and come into the events. Um, That was one thing. And the next thing I realized or, or wanted to kind of know more about was, like, I kind of wished I could have talked to them about their experiences. Um, And, you know, just some comments that were made, like, kind of jokingly, kind of in passing, but kind of true to when, you know, I've said this, I've said this to my straight friends before. You know, I had straight friends come with me to an LGBT bar and, um... They were really, you know, they're really nice friends, you know, but they were like a a cis hetero couple and they're just kind of like hanging out with me and they felt like people were maybe like looking at them because they were a couple. 
And I'm like, first of all, people can't tell if you're a couple. And in my head, I'm like, they're probably looking at them because they're attractive looking people. And this is a bar. And that's what people do. You know, like people are trying to sometimes they're there to socialize. And so that's kind of how I was like thinking about it. I wasn't thinking, oh, people are just thinking that they're straight. Um, I didn't witness anybody treating them awkwardly. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I mentioned like, well, that's kind of how I feel like almost everywhere, you know, cause I stick out like a sore thumb. And then I remember, you know, at the, at the black pride festival, um, you know, a friend was saying how, you know, talking about another person that they knew that was there that said that they were uncomfortable. And I was saying to that person, you know, like, yeah, like, it's like a normal way to feel, you know, we, you know, as black people go places and feel like, is it going to be an issue because of my race? Like, I don't know if a lot of people think that way. But I know whenever I go somewhere that I'm not familiar with, that's something that comes into my head is, is there anything that's awkward that's going to come up because of my race? Um, and that is a weird thing to think, I think. Like, even for example, I'm in the process of, you know, job searching um, and planning on getting into a different field or a different job and I um you know think about you know okay if I have to go to job interviews in person am I gonna have to straighten my hair am I gonna have to you know be a certain way um you know what's gonna happen um when I go um yeah and that's just something I can't really really tell you know what's really gonna happen but um I mean I think it's always a good question you know um and you know it's good to see things from other people's perspectives uh, but I also do wonder if there's any, if there was any, not necessarily for my friends, but like, cause I don't really think, uh, nobody mentioned anything like this. So I don't even want to like assume that people are thinking things that they're not thinking. Like there's nothing that anybody told me that I know personally in my own life that would make me come to this conclusion about them. But I'm wondering if for white people, where it's, it's, you know, a white, you know, owned club, right? Um, even though everyone's welcome there, but it's a white owned club. Do they feel odd or do they feel any kind of way about black people hosting a black pride event? And especially if it's people who aren't black for one and for two who aren't the group of of non-black people 
that are comfortable going to a Black Pride event. Does that make sense? Like, I'm questioning if um, a person who was not Black and not comfortable going to a Black Pride event um, would be, you know, upset or unhappy about a Black Pride event being hosted at their favorite club where they usually feel comfortable going. Um, And the reason why I ask that is because there aren't Black LGBT clubs. Um, Now, this club particularly... On a on an average day, on an average day when it's not a when it's not a pride festival of any kind, um, on an average day, uh, say a Friday night, a Saturday night, um, and just like a classic, you know, night, it's always an LGBT club. Um, the bars are always the same bars open. The rooms are always the same rooms open. Patios are always the same patios open. VIP and all the like bottle service is always the same stuff. Um, and the bigger room, cause there's two dance floor rooms. The bigger dance floor room is a, um, <clears throat> the bigger dance floor room is an electric um, sorry, it's EDM music most of the time, um, or pop, you know, kind of like pop remixes kind of stuff. And then the smaller room is usually, um, um, hip hop, R&B kind of club songs, and, um, some, like, kind of like Latin music, like, uh, like reggaeton type music, some other types of music that, you know, are just like by Spanish speaking musicians and, um, just kind of interweaved, but it's not like even, they don't play the Latin music as much. Right. And, but it's not called the black room, right? It's not called, and the EDM room isn't called the white room. Um, but you tend to see more black people in the hip hop and R&B room. You tend to see more white people in the EDM room. Um, but you can go in any room. Like, it doesn't really matter. Just whatever music you want to hear, just go there. Um, you can, you can have those people, uh, you can be in those rooms, um, and be like, just dancing away and having fun. Nobody's going to tell you because of your race that you're not going to go. Uh, most of my friends, the ones that aren't white friends, I mean, sorry, the ones that are white friends, like the hip-hop room, actually. That's their favorite room. They'd rather dance to hip-hop and R&B songs because the style of dancing that they like, that's kind of the music they prefer to dance to. They don't really like or know how to dance to EDM music. So they don't do it. Um, yeah. Um, so they...
um, they don't go in, they don't go into the other room as much, right? Um, it has nothing to do with race at that point, right? They're just there for the music. But it's kind of interesting because they go to the same club where an event like this was being hosted. There's a Black Pride event. And then even after nine, the club floor was open and the larger floor was the hip hop and R&B room. You would have thought that they would have wanted to come to the club part even, you know, but they didn't. And so that to me was just interesting because I felt like it was pretty mixed. Like it wasn't evenly mixed. Like there were definitely more black people there than any other race of people. Black people were the majority. But I wonder if people get, if people who aren't black get uncomfortable when black people are the majority. I wonder if they get uncomfortable with a majority of black people having, you know, nights that, you know, maybe certain nights of the week or certain times of the year where they're borrowing the club for their events. And especially if they don't feel welcomed if the non-black people don't feel welcomed. And I'm not saying that they're not feeling welcomed as in somebody saying, don't come here, or that something bad happened to them. I'm just saying they, if they don't feel welcomed, like they feel like they're, like it's not appropriate for them to go. Um, like they don't feel like they should go or that it would be okay for them to go. Um maybe because it's a black space or something like that. Um, And I can kind of understand that, you know, because I know when I go to, you know, a, you know, a lesbian bar, for example, and there aren't that many of them anywhere, but I'm lucky enough to be within a drivable distance of one. And so, you know, when I go there, you know, I've heard, I've heard people say, you know, that they get a little, um, unhappy about, you know, straight women hosting bachelorette parties at a lesbian club. I, cause people were saying something along the lines of they take up the space, like physical space you know, so like, you know, they have like a wedding party in like a room, you know, and it's like, you know, that was maybe like spaces that other LGBT people could have been in the door at those seats or in that area um, versus, you know, not being able to get in because of capacity and things like that because they're like renting it out for the whole night or whatever so I've heard that kind of argument um but I don't really know if that even pertains to anything like this um and I mean I don't really know if if people are um you know, I mean, these are, these are questions that were 
I think we're going to have to find the answers kind of as we go along. As people, white people, black people, everybody are thinking more about, you know, things that weren't being mentioned before. Um, Things that have been mentioned much more than I ever remember in my lifetime. Um, Black Lives Matter. um, Things that have been mentioned. um, You know, police brutality towards blacks. um, Things like white privilege. um, You know white supremacy, racism, um, you know, police, I said police brutality, um, and different, you know, things about, uh, people mentioning more so now that, you know, the system is problematic when it comes to, you know, equality, um, especially for different minority groups. And when you look at groups of black people, um, you know, they're not really, you know, black American citizens, you know, they're not really treated, um, they're not really treated ideally. And there's like a system rigged against race and ethnicity. And so, um... I think, you know, it's good for people to keep the conversations going because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a white person. I These are a lot of speculations. I'm very good at listening to people. I'm very good at hearing their concerns. You know, I'm very good at um, understanding kind of like a lot of times what people's actions mean or understanding about them and um, having a really good uh like connection to things <clears throat> and i'm not really you know you know here to like make problems about it or like blame people or whatever i just think these are important questions to think about because people i think people do a lot of people do want equality I mean, the white people I know, I don't see any of them saying, I don't want different races to be unequal, to, you know, have the same privileges, to, um, you know, to have the same opportunities, to live in the same types of environments, um, or, or quality of environments, um, I don't really hear them saying that. I don't get that message. I don't get that impression at all. I don't think people don't want equality. I do think that people do want privilege, though. Um, Nobody doesn't want privilege, right? Um, Nobody doesn't want the powerful position. Even if a person wants to be humbled and meek and you know, mild and, you know, putting others first. I think just naturally people want to be in charge, in power, um, or at least not taken advantage of, you know, if they're not going to be in power. Um, They don't want to be, like, oppressed. I don't know anybody who wants to be oppressed. Um, But I think 
there are people who want to oppress people. And I think there are people who want to um, keep power and not disperse it because they want to oppress people. And so as long as those people are, you know, running things, um, it's going to be hard to get past, you know, that. And then, you know, it's going to be hard to get to places where we're we're closer and closer to... Um, more equality, more visible equality all around us. Because, you know, it's hard to even talk about it. I mean, how can we have equality if people can't talk about it? You know, I have a white friend who is very, you know, good at advocating, you know, uses his privilege to advocate for for um, different minority groups, um, is very familiar with different minority groups, actually prefers being around them and with them and living, familiar living with them. Um, and he's, you know, definitely one of the, one of the closest friends that I have, really great guy. And, you know, I've always felt respected by him. Um, even to a point where I, you know, feel a need to kind of go out of my way to, you know, kind of almost humble myself in some situations to be like, yeah, like, I appreciate you actually reaching out about that. And like, you know, like, I, I try to make sure that he knows, like, he's like, I don't really do that with a lot of people. And he's one of the people that I, um, just respect. I respect how he interacts with me I respect that he takes the time to get to know me um he asks good questions he likes to have a good time um we've had some really fun times together um and even though I was like eh, it might be a little bit awkward because um, some people you just don't always hang out with one-on-one you know so it can be a little bit um um challenging a little bit not too much but a little bit um Mm. Um, just, you know, maybe it's just me. Like, I can get in my head about stuff and get anxious about, like, random, you know, social situations. And then it's never really a bad time anyways. Um, but, yeah, like, people like him who, you know, have tried at work to advocate for different groups of people. And, like, having discussions with, like, for example... Uh, staff where black people and other minorities could feel more included to talk about their experiences and, you know, people shutting him down because, uh, you know, people shutting him down because of his, um, um, you know, because of their discomfort, um, about it, like they didn't want to feel bad about, what people were saying about their experiences. Um, um, You know, I've been in a room where it was just super awkward, where I was in a room of white people. um, Not all white people. I think white people, mostly, and a Hispanic guy and an Asian lady. And... um, we were all three, uh, all all um, of our groups, we were all in the same room, 
and the white people were talking about their experiences with the cops saying that they had never had a bad experience with the cops and they were really you know having a challenging time because because of the uh, I mean I don't know they weren't having a challenging time they were just kind of having a challenging time talking about those kinds of things um and you know they were sitting around talking about their good experiences with the cops and I was sitting like within feet of them and I just didn't say anything because I was like I don't really want to share about my life about this kind of stuff because I don't think these people are going to understand me but the floor was open to talk about it you know um I just didn't mention anything because you know I mean I've told one of those people because we actually became really good friends and we began to hang out on a regular basis I told one of those people um kind of more about my experiences with a whole lot of stuff um and so you know well, he's real cool and you know but not every work environment's like that right um there's not always like somebody there um who's willing to talk about things if they're uncomfortable with it and especially if it's like something that is like not like a boundary in a weird way, but something of more like a a personal growth kind of thing. Um, I think that's kind of different when somebody doesn't want to talk about something like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying push people still, but I'm just saying um, people aren't really too... Uh, um, it's not normal to have like you know I guess regular those kind of experiences um where people can openly talk about it without getting feelings hurt without hurting other people's feelings um but I don't know um it's challenging and I think everyone who has friends that they can kind of talk to about you know their experiences with their you know with with them being their race and listening to other people talk about their experiences with them being their race I mean it's it's you know I think it's got to be challenging for white people or other people who have never had to challenge certain things like this. Um, you know, they've never had to really think much into it. And it takes time, right? So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, the more types of events and things that start, um, you know, being more about equality, um, the more people are going to have to talk about equality and the more people are going to develop like an understanding of um themselves around certain things their comfort levels around certain things um their discomfort um and it's okay to be uncomfortable but i 
think it's confusing to try to maybe interpret somebody else's discomfort. Um, a lot of what I'm saying is that there is a lot of speculation, but I have talked to a lot of people to try to come to at least some kind of conclusions that of what some people might be going through. But I don't think anything I've said is conclusive of, of one group completely at all. Like, not all white people think about certain things that I've mentioned. Not all black people think about certain things that I've mentioned. Um, like, for example, if I have a white friend that is concerned about uh, being in blacks in the, at, a, at an event like a black pride because they don't know if it's appropriate for their race to be there because they feel like it might be like a safe space that they're trying to take away or something. Um, if that's genuinely what they think, then, you know, why not go with, why wouldn't they go with their gut? You know, because they're actually trying to do the right thing in that case. But I don't know. Um, it's also kind of really hard to know um, for sure. And, you know, at the end of the day, the way I feel is, you know, if people are are treating me fine, you know, they can, they're, they're, we're all going to make our own decisions. And if people are treating each other fine, like if these people are always welcoming to me in their home and they're always nice and polite, but then it comes to this like event where it's like, oh, now we're getting like some kind of weirdness that we don't really know how to navigate this kind of an event or all of us for once feeling comfortable at like a certain type of cultural event. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing, um, to try to figure out, because I want my friends to feel comfortable to be able to come to events where it's majority black people, um, to me that sounds great, but to them maybe it sounds intimidating, because we don't really know the rules we don't have this kind of stuff going on so routinely that we have like a protocol in place or an understanding in place of what it's supposed to really look like um we can't really guess you know even when I was talking to one of my friends you know I cannot even guess um what I was gonna say, like, I, I, you know, what I was gonna see, what I was gonna witness, um, how comfortable would it feel? Um, I don't really know. Um, I, I wasn't really sure until I got there, and then I realized that for myself, because I'd never been to one of those events before myself. So I couldn't even tell my non-black friends, oh, yeah, it's totally going to be fine if you go. You're not going to experience discrimination. Nobody's going to look at you weird. Um, I couldn't say that because I'd never been and I never experienced it. Um, and I was pretty certain that they wouldn't experience negativity, but also I couldn't say 100% either, you know. Um, just like I can't say 100% for my life that I'm not going to experience discrimination when I go somewhere. Um, 
conversations. I think it's good to have these conversations because we haven't really often, a lot of us, um, been able to really talk about these conversations, uh, about these topics, about these experiences, because we haven't had these experiences before. Um, so I'm glad we're living in a really important time where we get to have experiences to try to think things through more and more. Um, it's just, uh, hard to really know what, um, what things are going to look like or what, you know, people want them to look like. Um... I always like a good party, you know, I'm I'm cool with it. Um I'm really just you know, um just like totally enjoying you know trying to figure out complexities of things not really trying to take like too negative of a of a view but you know trying to kind of point out the complexities of things uh where you know if things aren't equal it's going to be hard to you know have comfort at events because it's not equal already right and we all know about this inequality but it is such a big thing that we don't really know how to really tackle it. And those of us who want it, it's it's such a big force. Um, you know, the inequality is such a big force and we want equality. So, you know, it's hard to get there. It's really hard to get there. Um, it's not impossible to get there, but it's not easy. Um, it's very complex. So... Um, all right, with that, I'm going to go to bed because I'm tired.